Hey, Sabrina. Hey, Frank. Do you know what today is? Oh, um, your birthday? No. My birthday? Uh, not as far as I know. Purim? Really? <sighs> I give up. It's the last day of Hebrew school. Whoa, already? Time really flies when you're learning awesome stuff about being Jewish. That's what I always say. That's true. It's kind of weird how often you say that, actually. What's been your favorite part of hosting the show so far? Hmm, I think it's when I learned that Moses was the first person to walk on the moon. Huh, interesting. I'm, I'm actually not sure we covered that one. No? Oh, could be I made that one up. But we have one more chance this season to learn all about being Jewish with our awesome kid contestant. Woohoo! School, the game show for really smart kids who want to show off how much they know about all things Jewish. I'm Frank. And I'm Sabrina. And we have saved the best for last because our contestant today is Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte. Hi. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, okay? Okay. Charlotte, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. What is your favorite book? I think Harry Potter. Do you have any siblings, Charlotte? Yeah, I have an older sister and a younger brother. What is your favorite thing about being Jewish? Probably that I get to celebrate all the holidays with all my family, because I can either go there or they can come to me. And where is there? Where do you like to go for the holidays? Israel or one of their houses. Okay, Charlotte, we have one final question for you, and it is truly epic. Frank? Look, I have to be honest. It's kind of sad that this is our last episode of Hebrew School Season 2. It seems so final. I wish I had just one more episode. Kind of how I wish there was just one more commandment. It feels like we had a hard stop at Ten Commandments, but I would be happy with one more. So maybe you can help me out, Charlotte. If you could come up with one more commandment, one more rule everyone had to follow, what would it be? My 11th commandment would be that everybody has to eat chocolate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent and tasty commandment. <laughs> Charlotte, here's the deal. No matter what kind of school you go to, you are always learning new and amazing things about being Jewish. We want to see how much you really know, but instead of giving you a test, we're going to play a series of fun games that ask you questions about everything from history to religion to pop culture. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I'm excited. Excellent. Our first game is called Tall Torah Tales. Tall Torah Tales. Charlotte. The Bible is filled with incredible stories, some of which can be hard to believe. We are going to share three stories about biblical baddies who had unorthodox methods of attacking the ancient Israelites. Two of them are really mentioned in the Bible, but one is totally made up. Your job is to tell us which is which. Are you ready? Okay. I'll go first. The Philistines were an ancient people who lived in the southern coast of what is now Israel and were a constant thorn in the side of the Israelites. The two nations fought many battles, but maybe none so strange as this one. The Philistines wanted to destroy the Israelite leader, Samson, known for his superhuman strength. Perhaps realizing that their previous military excursions were not working out, the Philistines sent a woman named Delilah to trick Samson into falling in love with her and confessing the secret to his strength, which was that he was never allowed to cut his hair. Once she had this essential information, she lured Samson to sleep and chopped off his locks. 
sapping him of his power and allowing the Philistines to capture him. They brought him to the temple of their fish god, Dagon. Samson, refusing to go down without a fight, prayed to God to have his strength restored one last time. His last action was to bring down the columns supporting the building, collapsing the temple and killing himself as well as all of the Philistines. Whoa, what sneaks? But I'm not sure that's the weirdest attack plan I've ever heard of. I mean, take Balak, the king of Moab, an ancient people who lived near the Dead Sea. He also decided the best way to attack the Jews was not with weapons. But instead of sending a beautiful woman like Delilah, he sent his prophet Balaam to curse the Jewish people. Maybe Balak should have been a bit more careful about who he chose to send because, well, Balaam ended up blessing the Jewish people instead. But not before Balaam's donkey started talking. And I thought the only talking donkey was in Shrek. Although I'm sure Balaam's donkey also made great waffles. Okay, Charlotte, last one. The Alanites were yet another nation who lived in ancient Israel in what is present-day Haifa. They were famously bad at sharing, so much so that when a Jewish man named Yonatan approached his Alanite neighbor and asked to borrow a cup of sugar, well, things got a little crazy. This Alanite was so offended that Yonatan would dare ask to borrow sugar that he called up his friends and coordinated an attack against all of the Jews living nearby. This pack of vigilantes hurled balls of flaming sugar at Jewish homes, burning them to the ground. The Jews quickly rallied and fought back, putting an end to what came to be known as the Sugar Rebellion. Okay, Charlotte, you just heard about three enemy nations and their attacks on the ancient Israelites. Which do you think is the tall tale? The Philistines who stole Samson's strength, Balaam, the prophet who couldn't curse, or the Alanites who liked their sugar a bit too much? I think the ones who liked their sugar a bit too much. Winner! You're very right, Charlotte. The sugar-loving Alanites are the Sheker, which is good because I hate to think of cakes and cookies being wasted. Protect the sugar. <laughs> Charlotte, what would you do if a neighbor asked to borrow sugar? I'd give them sugar. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, that is so altruistic of you. That's amazing. Okay, let's move on to game number two. This game is called Emmet Emmet Sheker. Emmet Emmet Sheker. Emet Emet Sheker means two truths and a lie. Our category today is Jewish traditions. Jews from all over the world have developed distinct traditions that have been passed through generations. We are gonna tell you about three such traditions. Two of them are real traditions practiced by Jewish communities from different parts of the world. One of them is just a big Sheker that we made up. Ready to play? Yeah. Here's your first tradition. I thought I liked chocolate, but it turns out I have nothing on you or on the Jewish community of Brazil. On Hanukkah, when the rest of us might enjoy some chocolate coins, the Jews of Brazil make an entire menorah out of chocolate. Called a candelabro chocolate, these chocolate treats are traditionally put out next to the real menorahs, and children get to eat one candle for each night of Hanukkah. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, Sabrina, your fact is way more delicious than mine. I'll trade you chocolate for onions? There is a tradition among Persian and Afghani Jews to whip their Seder mates with oversized scallions or green onions during the singing of the Passover classic Dayenu. 
It's supposed to symbolize the whipping that the Hebrew slaves suffered in Egypt. But something tells me more than one family fight has broken out due to overexcited onion hitting. Well, I have a couple of people who I'd like to send to those satyrs. Okay, Charlotte, here's your final fact. The holiday of Sigd is celebrated by Ethiopian Jews and takes place 50 days after Yom Kippur. The community leaders read prayers to the community and carry around Torahs. But that's not all they carry. The leaders also carry bright, multicolored umbrellas. These umbrellas, which come in multiple jewel tones and often include gold tassels and embroidery, are part of the traditional dress of Ethiopian leaders, which also includes white robes and turbans. So, Charlotte, what do you think? Which of these fascinating traditions is a total sheker? I think the one about the Hanukkah with the chocolate candles. It would be very hard to make a menorah out of chocolate. Winner! Yes, there is no tradition of eating chocolate menorahs. Oh, I was hoping that one was true. It was the tastiest of the bunch. The leaders of the Ethiopian community, called Kasim, do carry around the most colorful umbrellas you've ever seen, which serve the dual purpose of providing sun protection and looking awesome. And beware if you see onions come out at your next seder, you may be in for an unpleasant surprise. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for one last game? Yeah. This one is called Eavesdropping on History. Eavesdropping on History. Oh, thank goodness. I was hoping we were going to be playing this game today. Charlotte, I really need your help. Sabrina and I aren't just co-hosts of Hebrew School. We're also real-life besties. I mean, don't get carried away. We're acquaintances at best. And BFF Sabrina and I love to go on adventures together all the time. <laughs> we hung out like one time. Our favorite thing to do together is to travel in my time machine. Well, yeah. He is a time machine. Don't judge me. Here's what we need from you, Charlotte. On our last time traveling trip, we were recording something really awesome when suddenly our recording equipment failed. Frank forgot to pack extra batteries. <laughs> That's true, bestie. Anyway, if we play the recording for you now, do you think you can help us figure out what it was we witnessed? Sure. All right, let's hear that recording. We came to you for help. What's the problem? Our father died and he had no sons, just us five daughters. And? Well, we think it's really unfair that we don't get to inherit our father's property just because we're girls. Why should boys be the only ones who get to own property? We deserve equal rights. Hmm, you make a good point. What do you think, Charlotte? Any guesses about what Frank and I saw? Uh, not really. Well, we heard about someone talking about their father having just died and saying that they are girls and they deserve equal rights to the boys. Was this when the five sisters went to Moses and, like, asked for land? Winner! Yes, we heard the daughters of Tzlofhad petitioning Moses to be able to inherit their father's property. 
In biblical times, only sons could inherit from their parents and own property. But these five women, named Mahla, Noah, Hogla, Milcha, and Tirzah, said that wasn't fair. Their father had no sons, and if they couldn't inherit, their father's property would be lost from the family forever. Moses agreed, and they set a precedent for women to be able to own property. telling us Hebrew school is over. I shall miss its tinkling sound. Well, I can help you there. You can? I programmed your cell phone to play that bell every time I call you. Um, how often are you planning on calling me? Every single day. Oh boy. Charlotte, thanks so much for joining us today. It's no problem. It was really, really fun. And if you kids listening at home want to play too, and if you're between the ages of 8 and 12, email us at hebrewschool at tabletmag.com. This is the end of season two, but we're looking for contestants for our next season, which will come out in a couple of months. Until then, class dismissed. Hebrew School is a podcast from Tablet Studios. It's hosted by me, Sabrina Friedman. And me, Frank Spiro. Our producers are Josh Cross, Sara Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scaramuccia. Special thanks to Stephanie Butnick and Liel Leibovitz. Please go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review, too. For more about this show and all of the Tablet Studios podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts. Shalom, Shalom kids! kids.